Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. My name is Brent. With me is my friend, Meg- Megan. I was going to say my drinking friend, Megan, because she just <laughs> took a sip. But then I thought that kind of sends the wrong message, maybe. <laughs> it was water. <laughs> you're known as my drinking friend. <laughs> just water. It's just water, everybody. Uh, how are you, Megan? Doing all right. Yeah? Yeah. Good. It's, thanks for coming in and well, doing this thing. You know, you're you welcome. Know, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's awesome. How was your weekend? It was pretty low-key. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, How was your day? You had a day off. President's yeah, I did. Day. I. What did I do? I vacuumed. Yeah. Which was awesome. Okay. I love vacuuming. I also love how my apartment feels and how I feel after I vacuum. It does feel different, right? On the feet. Uh-huh. It's. Mm-hmm. I think it's psychosomatic because I don't think it's real. No, but... I think it does feel a little different. Mm. I think it like pulls the fibers up or something. I don't know what That's it does. What but it also just looks Mr. a lot Hoover cleaner. Mr. Hoover wants you to think. Um, it also just looks a lot cleaner, too. It does. So. Yes. Um, and then I went to my parents and did laundry and had dinner with them. So. Nice. Yeah. They cooked or you cooked? They cooked. Nice. Mm-hmm. Even better. Yeah. My mom made pot roast. Good. Yeah. I took uh, Grayson and London skiing. That's right. I saw a picture. Yeah. We uh, hit up Bluewood. And One of my students was at Bluewood. Uh, I think half your school was Yeah. He was like, everyone was there. Yeah. It was <laughs> uh, waiting in line to get on the lift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was well, great. The good, weather good, good. held out for us, which is awesome. This is their second, our second time going up the season. And uh, so I was trying to like build it into his brain. You know, this is what it feels like to ski. You can mm-hmm. jump. I, we only took like two runs to get back to like, okay, this is where I was last time I went out. Mm-hmm. And then he just got mm-hmm. better and better. And yeah. we went down to blue. The very last one was that, slalom. It's like uh, green is green circle is like easy country okay. road. Blue square is kind of medium. Okay, and got it. Black diamonds hard. Got so, it. Um, yeah, he did awesome. Nice. So a lot Good of fun. job, Grace. Getting, getting to that spot where you can kind of let him go a mm-hmm. little bit, and then dad gets to go and do his fun runs, whatever mm-hmm. he wants to do, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, what else? Anything else happen? Well, Exciting? normally I go to my parents on Saturday and stuff, but I didn't because I had like a little sinus thing last week. Oh, okay. But I took a COVID test at home, and it was negative. Okay. But it was still like kind of, I was like, ah, I'll just wait a couple of days. Um, but have you taken an at-home COVID test yet? Uh, no, I haven't. My, my family has. We ha- ordered the four that yeah, you yeah, get yeah. for free or whatever, uh, but I, I didn't do it. How was it? So it is, I don't know, if you, it looks like a pregnancy test. I'm not oh, going to lie. yeah. No, I, I know. <laughs> I've seen that part of it. One line, two lines, yeah. C and T or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You're like, and you have to wait 15 minutes, so you're yeah. just sitting there staring at it like, is it going to show up? Yeah. Is this like, and then I was like, is this like a pregnancy test? Did you pee know. on it? Just to no, see I didn't. Had, okay. No, no, don't worry, don't worry. Followed the instructions very closely. <laughs> It'd be a bummer um, to mix those two tests up. <laughs> it would be a bummer. Did I just shove that up my nose? <laughs> I think I peed on that last week. Yeah, oops. <laughs> That'd be awful. Uh, yeah, it was negative, but I, it was funny because I was like, man, waiting for the little line and all that jazz. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think every household gets four tests. Yeah, is that right? I got four tests. Yeah, see, we have six people yeah, living I in our know. house, and I got the same amount of tests. This is the difference. That means not all of us can take one. Yeah, this Mr. is the Biden. difference between equality and equity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know because I got four, and I was like, "All right, still got three more." <laughs> you got like a month's supply. Uh, uh, good. Yeah, I had another basketball game. Let's coach's Ooh, corner. Yeah, let's Are you do ready it. for this? Coach's mm-hmm. corner. Okay. So once again, it involves our friend Levi. Of course. Because it has to. I feel like... Did I say last week about his three shots, he gets a pair of shoes? Did I bring that up? No, I can't no, no, you didn't. Okay. So he made a deal with his mom. If I make three baskets, I get a... Like in a single game? In a single game. Okay. 
And I don't know if she initiated or he initiated. I have no idea. I don't know. It sounds like he did probably. I don't maybe. know. But it, it, it was pretty legit because it uh-huh. got brought up again this weekend. So last weekend he only got one one basket. And uh, so then this weekend Corey was back because he was out of town the previous week. And he said, did, did Levi tell you about the three baskets to give us kids a pair of shoes? I said, oh, yeah, I heard about it. He goes, he wants those shoes pretty bad today. So <laughs> so we start playing the game, right? Uh-huh. He makes – he's. I think he made the first basket of the game. Nice. Was he a ball hog the whole – so that's part of it. So he makes the first basket. Then he runs down our sideline looking at his dad. And I'm like, two more, buddy, two more, right? So then like maybe five minutes later, he makes another one. So now Whoa. he's got two. As soon as he made two, he was jacking up. Everything he touched was going up. It was like three pointers. It was like, leave, I triple it in, buddy. And he's just shooting every time he'd shoot. I'd be like, it's for the shoes, for the shoes. Clank, you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, Corey and I are having this just awesome time. And, you know, I'm sure everybody else in the gym is like, they keep cheering on one kid. Like, yeah. there's other kids that are playing on this thing. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll spoil the story. He ended up getting his, his nice, third shot. Nice. And uh, just, like, basically retired after that. Just came and sat down at the bench. And I told him, make sure you get expensive ones. They need to be yeah. Air Forces, Air Force Jordans. Uh, so I can't wait to see what he shows up in on Saturday. Uh, that's so, really funny. Three shoe, three shots for a pair of shoes. It was pretty nice. great. And, uh, and, and we won. So that's good. In the games, you don't keep scoring. Yeah. It was, <laughs> didn't need to, it was pretty obvious this one. So it was good. The obvious ones are great. Uh, oh, Brent. Uh, they kept complaining that we were, um, hacking too much. Like you're not supposed to steal the ball while we're dribbling. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure that that's a rule. I think that that's – but I didn't have the paperwork on me. Uh-huh. And uh, Did you and check later? I, oh, I t- absolutely <laughs> checked later. And I was like, that's for first and second grade league, bro. So <laughs> get with it. Your boys need to learn how to dribble and quit complaining. But apparently the <laughs> apparently the bench or the uh, the stadium, mm-hmm. the stadium seats were getting a little bit feisty because my wife said there was oh. definitely some parents being like, They're, they keep stealing the ball. <laughs> And Kylie wanted to be like, good hands, our kids, good hands, yeah. everyone. <laughs> she would be like, she would try to keep the peace. Yeah. No, she was she was getting mama bear. Oh, mode, yeah. So it was good. It was great. Uh, on Sunday, we kicked off a brand new series that I'm super excited about. It's called Sinners and Saints. Mm-hmm. And uh, we looked at kind of the checkered history of the past at the church and what that means. We talked about different categories of why that might be important for you or relevant or irrelevant, maybe perhaps uh, as a result of it. And uh, then we talked about the motivations for why we want to deal with it. And we talked a little bit about the Crusades mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, you know, how much of that history is of interest to you or that you knew about? I mean, I'm, I'm aware of them. I yeah. don't know that I knew any particulars. Did you know that there were five of them? I did know there were multiple. I don't know that I could have told you over the exact a span of number. about a hundred years, seventy-five mm-hmm. years, something like that. I did know they were multiple. Yeah. So I, I, I uh, I've been reading on a, a book about kind of the history of them and and reading through it. Oops, that's not the right sheet. I'm pulling up my thing. <laughs> uh, Crusades in a nutshell. Um, basically, is that the book you're reading? No, no, no. I just. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I wrote like that. Crusades for dummies. I wrote that down in a, a note sheet. That would work, though. That would qualify. You could definitely go that route. But um, beyond the first one, most of them were actually failed attempts and not well, not well done. Like yeah, they had yeah. to kind of like sell it as a win. The even point though it wasn't. was to go liberate Jerusalem, right? Yes, yes. The point was liberate Jerusalem, which didn't even like. I feel like ninety percent of my crusade knowledge comes from watching Monty Python and the Holy. Okay, Girl. yeah. There you go. That's that's <laughs> high quality research there. 
I watched uh, a clip of that the other day with all of them on the cross saying, singing uh, Think on the Sunny Side yeah. of Life. Um, it was, is that from Holy Grail or is that from one of the other ones? I don't know. I just watched it. Because there's one called Brian's Song. Yeah. Or, no, not Brian's Song. Brian's, Brian's something. Yeah. There's one that's like a little bit more, honestly, more sacrilege than Holy Grail. Is it Brian's Life? Yeah, Brian's no, Life. Brian's... It's not Brian's song. That's about a football player. Oh, but, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Brian something. And I think that's the one where they're hanging on a cross, on the cross and singing that song. But anyway. Life of Brian. Life of Brian. There yeah, we go. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the one that he, anyways. But yeah, that's like, I will admit, most of my crusade knowledge comes from Monty Python that's and the fine. Holy Grail. <laughs> Um, Not to derail your dummies. No, like, I, I love intro it. There, super but. helpful. Super helpful. That's uh, an additional way you can do research on this. Um, a much more entertaining way. But it's it's interesting because <laughs> that you think of them as like if a school, if a Christian school is going to make that as their mascot, you think you do one that like was more of a, a sure win or a mm-hmm. sure bet than yeah. the fact that one of them was one of the the first one was like pretty successful, and then the rest of them were like, yeah. Yep. It was they didn't really do anything and, and nothing actually ever happened as a result. Like most of them. sequels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like most sequels. Uh and there were four factors basically uh, in this uh history book that I had read about their decline. Why didn't they continue even after the fifth one, right? Uh and the number one uh the the primary reason is because they kind of got undermined from within. There was some internal discord between, hey, is this really what which is the like that's the best case scenario, right? Internal dialogue going, maybe we shouldn't be killing mm-hmm. people because they believe things differently than me. So that was by far like Francis of Assisi and and what you see in and all these other people groups of them kind of challenging authority from within going, that's probably not the right way to go. Uh, number two, in the Protestant Reformation you had in the 1500s, um, you saw Martin Luther, along with all of the other uh, reformers, kind of begin to really question the soteriology piece of it or why salvation comes. It's through grace and not by works. Mm-hmm. And what is more works-based salvation than if you go on this war path, yep. um, we will guarantee salvation for you. So that kind of uh, hurt it. Um, just general enlightenment theory of, hey, we should probably get smart about this and separate politics from religion uh, was a big deal. And then lastly, that they were mostly a failure was another reason mm-hmm. <laughs> How many times are you going to lose before you go, let's try something different. Let's not yeah. do that yeah, yeah. again. And one of the comments in a, uh, as a result of it was in, in light of it being mostly a failure, um, this author wrote that the only event in a thousand years to interrupt regular prayers in the Alaska Mosque, which is the Dome of the Rock or the Temple Mount or whatever, was COVID-19. New York Times came out with a little article on the coronavirus during during this time saying the coronavirus, now the coronavirus pandemic has done what the intervening centuries and all of those crusades had not done, largely emptying the often crowded and chaotic space of Islam's third holiest, holiest site. Yeah. So like it survived wars, it survived everything, and yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden, not this. So Well, I mean, it still survived. It just... Uh, so, Sorry, shut it down <laughs> yeah. for a temporary period. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they're back. As yeah. we will be March 21st. Apparently, well, we're already back. We just so don't have to wear masks anymore yes. after that time. Uh, what were some takeaways for you? Um, I think the biggest thing I was thinking of is um, you were talking about like why we need to look back at our history and why that's important and what um, how that's uncomfortable sometimes. And I think that it becomes uncomfortable because we get stuck in the shame of it. Yeah. Even if it's not something that we did, like if we claim ourselves to be Christian, we can get stuck in that shame part of it of like, Ooh, I don't like that. Cause it makes me feel guilty or bad or shameful about 
that being part of a history. But I think once we get stuck there, it's hard to move forward and it's hard to grow and it's hard to learn from those things. And so, yeah, we got to like say, yeah, I feel a certain weird amount of shame for, I don't know why exactly. Cause I didn't do that, but, um, but I need to work through that. And I need to move through that as my like, an individual and then as a corporate level. And then, then I can find learning, then I can find growth yeah. within that. And I think that goes for personal things too. Like, if you get stuck in the shame of something, your shame around something, you're never going to find the growth from it. So, yep, that was my yeah. I I really like that about discussing our past mm-hmm. and going through and saying it is uncomfortable. It's very revealing, and at its best, it's inspiring um, to be able to kind of work through some of that. And that's why uh, you have in Black History Month saying America has a past. Let's talk about it. Let's, it's it's all of those things. And for the church, why I think it's important for in a series like this, why talk about any of this? Isn't that's past that we're not? That's not what we would do. We would mm-hmm. never start a war. I know, but like. There's something revealing about that, about human nature, and it takes its different forms in our terms of violence, mm-hmm. um, and less probably us marching into Israel, more of us creating categories of people and putting people mm-hmm. into categories and mm-hmm. saying they're the worst, we're the best, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyways, I, I think that it's still uh, it's still very much relevant because we it takes different forms, but we, we kind of yeah. do. I mean, and if history tells things. us anything, it tells us that we repeat it constantly. Yeah. And so like, there is so much value in looking at ugly things in the past, like whenever category you belong to and saying, Oh, what are, Ooh, am I doing that now? Like, what are ways that that is showing up again? What are ways that I am being exclusive? What are ways that I am, um, feeling like I am better than or whatever it is, whatever the problem is. Um, And when we look at history and when we look at like those like messy parts of our history, we can say, oh, well, I recognize that now. And then we can stop and we can change that and we can move away from those behaviors and those actions. I mean, speaking of relevance into this world, I mean, this week we're dealing with watching the news. Everybody, I I hope or think, Mm -hmm. is seeing... Putin, Vladimir Putin, yep. trying to navigate this invasion into Ukraine and and his story of why yep. he's doing it. This is a peacekeeping mission versus I'm trying to reestablish the boundaries that were taken away from us. Yep. Uh, and, and versus kind of the truth of the rest of the world going, <laughs> that's not how yeah. it works. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that's the story that you've told yourself, but uh, and uh, you're trying to convince others of and whoever will listen. But that's just not that's not reality. That's not history. That's not what actually took place in history. It's your yeah. version of history, but it's mm-hmm. not history. Yeah. So, um, anyways. Yep. Yeah. Good. Anything I, else? I think that was it. Good. All right. Well, I, it's going to be a really fun series. It's four parts. Um, and, uh, I promise it won't be crusades the whole time. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're jumping, we're moving forward and, and on to better, bigger and better things, but, um, it should be a, an insightful thing, uh, for us as we do it. So three more weeks of that. Um, we will be in person 8.30 and 10 o'clock on the live streams at 10, be a part of one of those things. Let's jump into something interesting. Let's do it. All right. I open, so you go first. Yeah. So one of my favorite podcasts is called National Geographic Overheard. And it's a, it's from National Geographic Magazine and they do, um, mostly they do little pieces about like their photographers or their writers or other things and talk about interesting stories that they are um, investigating at that time. I've brought up a couple of things from there before, but I just listened to one uh, last week that was about the reconstruction of Notre Dame. 
Oh, cool. And how that's been going because in like April 2019, there was a giant fire. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it since then now that you've mentioned that. That's yeah, and well, you know, we maybe would have heard more except for the world fell apart. Yeah, that's like, true. Nine months later. Yeah. <laughs> seven months later. Um, and so like April 2019, there was a giant fire. They were already doing reconstruction and there was a giant fire that took out one of the spires, and then a huge portion of the roof. Um, and so since then, they have been doing restoration. But one of the issues is that because the fire took out the roof and the roof had lead in it, it's like a hazardous, it's like a chemical hazard zone. So you have to wear like a hazmat suit in order to go in there. And so anybody doing restoration has to be has to have all this special training and has to be um, wearing hazmat like gear and have like monitors on to make sure they aren't getting lead poisoning because essentially when the fire started, it just like spewed lead ash everywhere. So like literally everything inside is covered in this lead ash from the roof. Mm. Um, and so that, that's one issue. And then the other issue is that all of the places, most of the places where they're doing restoration it like you have to be like a rock climber to do it. It's like all on ropes and pulleys. And so in order to get to a lot of the places and do a lot of the restoration, it's like has a very specialized skill set because they have to do all of this climbing in order to get to those places, particularly in the roof and all of that. Our friend Eric is salivating right now. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but it was really interesting because it's like uh, the photographer that they were interviewing who is doing this piece for National Geographic, he and and we probably haven't heard a ton about it because like the French government has it on lockdown. It's like the least accessible place in the world right now, huh. essentially. Um, it's like really hard to get access into it. Um, and so he was like talking about all of the things he had to do in order to be able to go in and take photographs. Of everything. And then also, this is the this was probably the coolest part that I got from it. So a part of the wall that came down in the fire exposed all of these bricks. And so bricklayers, what they used to do is they would like sign each brick that they made on the inside and then push it onto the inside of the wall. So you could never see it from the outside, but now that it's been exposed and all these bricks are out, all of these archaeologists and historians can see who made all of these bricks. And it took like 200 years to make Notre Dame. It was like four generations of people to yeah. make this um, cathedral. And so now they can see who all these bricklayers were over time. And then they can also trace them and see where else they worked in Europe. And they can get like a better picture of like that see artistry. Who was good at their job and yeah. who sucked. <laughs> Like, Carl, your bricks were terrible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, square at all. Yeah, and just, like, but just, like, the knowledge of, like, who it was because they never knew who exactly the builders were or the bricklayers were um, who were part of that because it isn't, that isn't, like, a piece that gets recorded in history necessarily. Right. Um, there's a lot of, like, workers and those kinds of people who don't, like, they're no one. They don't get recorded. Which, so. think about that. People do that in their homes, too, like, if you build your home, mm -hmm. a lot of times you go in while before the drywall is up mm -hmm. and right on the beams. I mean, yep. we've done that in, in people's homes, and and uh, yeah, you never see that again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. So yeah, that was the cool. Now part that when you first mentioned that, I realized I don't think I've seen a picture of Notre Dame since like the fire, like the end of the yeah, fire. Yeah, I tried to look up some pictures, but they're behind a paywall on National Geographic. So smart, smart for them. <laughs>
Not worth that, <laughs> yeah. please. Good. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, mine has to do with avocados. Do you like avocados? No, no I'm allergic. You're allergic to avocados? Yeah. And bananas. I, okay. That, uh, <laughs> that's fine. Bananas yeah. suck. But uh, like throat swelling? What well, happens? Well, I'm – so I'm allergic to latex. And okay. I get like a skin. So I have latex like a skin and reaction. avocados that I don't know about. Well, so late avocados and bananas are in the same like plant family group as like rubber, which is how latex is made. And oh. so um, this is this is more interesting than my <laughs> something interesting. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So a lot of people who have latex allergies also will have like avocado and banana sensitivities, and I think there's a couple other fruits too. It's not like I don't actually have a reaction to those yet. But because I know, like, latex allergy and those allergies are ones that kind of build and can get worse over time. And so I just try and avoid them. Hmm, but, like, bananas, I used to eat them all the time. I, I think they taste fine. I know you hate them. But yeah. um, but I would I remember, like, eating them and, like, my mouth would feel filmy. Yeah. And I just thought that's what bananas made your mouth feel like. But apparently that's not true. <laughs> it's not true for everybody, Because huh? I asked other people after I realized that bananas and latex like you can have simultaneous allergies with those and they were like yeah no that's not what my mouth feels like when i eat a banana and i was like oh great i'll stop eating those crazy yeah there's some avocado drama going on yeah there is i heard about it so here's the here's the drama you ready 80 percent of uh the on average of the avocados that make it to the u.s are from a one state in mexico i'm not going to try and pronounce it because i'm not good at that kind of stuff but from one state uh, and then in the wintertime, during the time when all of our stuff's not growing, it's about 99% come from this one state. Uh, the medical or the food, excuse me, food inspector from the U.S. who usually goes down and does that was threatened. It's in a, a threatened by a cartel figure um, because that state is dominated by the Mexican cartel uh, right now or several cartels that are fighting around there. Uh, and so as a result, they've put a ban on all imported avocados from this state region, which means – uh, that everybody's basically on a one-month supply at this point from avocados. <laughs> yep. So Chipotle is going, we don't know where we're going to source other avocados from. <laughs> you might not be able to even uh, get guac. It might not yeah. be an option mm-hmm. because there's just not like the shelf life uh, or anything. Like It's not like, well, let's just pull some out of reserves. Like avocados don't keep for like two days in my fridge. They yeah. start turning brown. So uh, <laughs> they are trying to figure out how to get uh, more different ones out of there. And California is kind of trying to produce more as, as fast as they can. But obviously that's a time thing. Uh, and so it's a, it's a, it's a big crazy deal. And what's crazy is the Mexican president has come out and said, no, this is a ploy by the U S to try and circumvent our fees by now recruiting from other countries and getting it in this way or doing it their own way. So it's like a whole, he said, she said sort of thing. And, and so if you have a hard time finding guac at your, uh, next Chipotle order, uh, Mm -hmm. that's probably one of the reasons why. So it doesn't really impact my life. So. No, apparently not. But think of all those hipsters who d- got into avocado toast like yeah, oh, I know. through the pandemic. I know. And now you're like, what People am I going to do People eat avocado now? on all sorts of things. I, so. I do. I love avocado. I don't like think about it. Like I don't order it. But if it's out there, I'll have it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, but maybe not now. There you go. <laughs> and avocado prices are already up 40%. 40% yeah. from last year thanks to inflation. Uh, and this band can make them. Uh, a lot pricier. So, yeah, for there sure. You go. If you want avocados, uh, then you might want to buy some stock up now and put them in your freezer and watch them turn brown. Yeah, so. it's like you can't really stock up on that no, kind of thing. It's done. That's it. Uh, you're just going to have to go without. I guess growing in your tree. We have um, – so Kylie uh, grew a little avocado tree yeah. in um, 
our house. Mm-hmm. She got a little, uh, what's the pit inside yep. of one? Mm-hmm. Put it in some dirt, and it started growing. And it got to about a foot high, maybe two feet high. And then we found out that they don't actually produce avocados for like 14 years, 15 oh. years. <laughs> and so that was kind of a hopeless endeavor. But she had a crazy name for him. I'm trying to remember what his name was. Does and she I name all of her she plants? She names all of her plants. She's one of those people. It's blanking on me now. She's uh, she's on a walk right now listening to this podcast going, yelling. Brent, you yeah. joker. You know what it is. Called it this. Anyways. Uh, all nice. right. That'll do it for today's episode. Yeah. Super interesting episode. <laughs> Of say something interesting. Uh, we have an intro video to film, so yeah, we, we got to let you go a little early today, everybody. But uh, thanks for listening in. However you found us, we're so glad that you did. Uh, and the only thing I have to promo is we've got a lot of our groups happening on our Community on Marketplace page, and one of them is our high school group, which kicks off this Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. My wife and I are leading it over in our Wear Love space. So if you've got Four a high schoolers, freshman, correct. junior, senior, or sophomore, I weird out of order there. I have no idea why. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, have them join us at 6 o'clock in the Wear Love Space, and we'll bribe them with food and and soda and uh, whatever. It'll be great. Nice. Have a good week, guys. Bye, everyone.